0: Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode, we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, episode, we have Netflix 185th film from 2019. It's the drama American Son, and I have not been drinking, so I don't know why I'm slurring my words. <laughs> this is directed by Kenny Leon. It stars Kerry Washington, Stephen Pasquale, Jeremy Jordan, and Eugene Lee. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with MJ. How are you?
1: I am very well. I do enjoy often listening to you stumbling across some <laughs> often difficult to read surnames or things like that. I think in the hundred and eighty-five episodes we've done, you've never struggled with the word episode. So mm. um, maybe you're just, you just you, you're going on cruise control in your
0: brain, and you need to you know, really bring yourself out of that opening speech. Yep, we need to change it up rather than just uh, <laughs> it, it, it's getting repetitive. I need to we'll switch it for next week. We'll see if I can come up with something different. Oh, I like that. Oh, pressure's on. It oh. is. We are. I'm. I'm really looking forward to this one because I. I just have a feeling that you are not going to like this one. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, interesting. So interesting. Excited. So excited. <laughs> Wow. Well, you'll find that very soon as is the structure of our podcast. I will (laughs) tell you very soon. Sorry, we're trying to change the structure a bit. Sorry, I'm just um, very excited. (laughs) (laughs) We do start the show with a Fast Flicks though, where we give our quick little summary of what it's all about. So give us your Fast Flicks.
1: Yeah, American Son is about a a mixed race, separated couple. Um, They spend the early hours of the morning in a police
0: station awaiting information on an incident involving their son. Correct. Yeah, I, I'm very similar. I've just said there's a son who's missing, and his parents nervously wait for news at the police station. With their relationship highlighting injustices. Oh, yeah, yours is better than mine. You got me there. Yeah, I still don't really like it, but that's all right. Um, we do like to sort of see how a movie comes to Netflix. This one, I didn't couldn't find an awful lot, but I'm sure you, you've got some excellent sort of uh, information that you can share about American Son. You could have asked me offline if I had anything. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: look, American Son is based on the Christopher Demos Brown's Broadway play. Um, it was also called American Son on Broadway. It opened during the winter of 28, in 2018. Kenny Leon, who directed the play, also directed this film, as does the entire cast return. So... Kerry Washington, Steve, Steve Pascal, Jeremy Jordan, Eugene Lee. All-star in the play, all-star in the film. That's probably the main bit of interesting information I could find because apart from that, they, um, they filmed this. And you know what? If you, if you watch the film, it does have a big play feel to it. So I don't think they've, they've, gone, they've gone crazy trying to use uh, the elements that, are, that, are, that they can benefit from with being on screen. They've kind of almost just filmed a play for um, for TV. Um, and it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival on the 12th of September, 2019, which is interesting. That's only about a, just over a year after the play actually uh, released initially on Broadway, which is a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, and then it was released on Netflix on the 1st of November, 2019. So things move quickly. It does get me thinking, like Kerry Washington's obviously a a pretty big name in Hollywood, like most people know Kerry Washington. It does, I think, we're so sheltered. Um, we're halfway across the world in Australia that a lot of these big movie stars do go on Broadway. They do go on Broadway. They do, they do plays and things like that. And Imagine just walking down to your local theatre and seeing Kerry Washington and, and so many other big names um, doing things on Broadway. That's, that's, that's a really cool thing that I never really think about. Um, I just, yeah, because we don't
0: get that in Australia. That's a, a really, really good point that, uh, yeah, you, you often hear about big name stars that are like, oh, yeah, they're spending two months doing Broadway or
1: yeah. Springsteen.
0: Oh, I'm going to spend a bit of time doing a show on, on Broadway, those sorts of things. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a good little thing to think about. It. And, yeah, I think uh, very little to add other than I'm not sure if you're at the start of the film, which I picked up on. the Instead of saying it was a Netflix original film, they, they titled it with a Netflix television event which was um very interesting so i think obviously it's a film and it's played at tiff and those sorts of things so it, it's interesting that they, they've highlighted that um they they wanted it to feel like an event rather than um you know a, a feature i guess or a feature film um but Did it this does to do
1: with the fact that it was uh, that it then became eligible for like, like
0: tv emmys and things like that is it do they have to do that for that Correct. Well, I think that's uh, not necessarily, but I think uh, it ties in very nicely with the awards because it was nominated for seven awards altogether. And the big one there, I guess, is that it was nominated for the outstanding television movie at the Emmys. And interesting. So five nominees in that category, uh, which, you know, you often see in award categories, you have have about five nominees. Four Mm -hmm. of them were Netflix out of the five, four of them were Netflix productions. So a big year for Netflix um, at, at these Emmys. And, the American is obviously one of them. There was a, a Dolly Parton um, special called Heartstrings. The other ones uh, are ones that we probably know of. So El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, was nominated as well. Uh, the Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, um, sort of it was a Choose Your Own Adventure uh, Netflix oh, yeah. special, which which I thoroughly enjoyed. And and what actually won was Bad Education from HBO. Uh, so oh. that was uh, the the huge Jackman one, which I've seen as well, which is yeah. quite good. Yeah. So um yeah, it's, it's such I mean, a Grey area though, what's a, because
1: mm. like, can, can Power of the Dog win that this year? Obviously not, but like,
0: is, is yeah. it just yeah. like a labelling thing? Because we just, we just literally just watched a movie. This was a movie. <laughs> and like, yeah, so well, Bad Education is a film as well. Bad but, Education <laughs> is a movie. Yeah, But then you look at like El Camino, but that's based on a TV show. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, a, it's such an interesting little um, little conundrum, I guess. Tagline. Did you see the tagline for this one?
1: Uh, I think I accidentally did because I do like
0: you revealing it to me, but I think I did Yeah, and I think it was horrible. It was, <laughs> there's been an incident. <laughs> don't been an incident. Yeah. Just, it doesn't tell you anything. Just give you nothing.
1: No, okay. uh, it's not a bad vibe thing though. Here's the movie. It's called American Sun.
0: There's been an incident. Been incident I don't mind there. it. Okay, fair. Uh, there's only one good translation across the world for this one, which I really liked. And in Hungary, oh, yeah. it was called Looking for Our Son which I think gives a lot oh, of context yeah. behind the actual film too. Uh, nice. All right. I'll give them that. What are, what's the consensus for this one? What are the critics and audiences saying about it?
1: Yeah, I will say actually, I think American Sun is quite a good title. I think with everything considered, I think it's a pretty good title. Um, nothing against Hungary's version of Looking for Our Sun. It's a li- little bit more explicit. <laughs> but,
0: um, consensus
1: is it's sitting at a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, and that's with 7,000 ratings. And Letterboxd audience liked it a little bit more. 3.1 out of 5, uh, 5,282 ratings last I checked. So um, not bad. No, like any, we, we say anything over three stars is kind of a good. So Letterboxd is ticking that box and, and INDB is just a touch under that. 7,000 ratings and 5,000 ratings, not massive, not a massive amount of eyeballs for it, but I can't imagine this film would have cost a heap to make. It's, it's one location. I don't know how many rehearsals they would have had to have. These mm-hmm. guys are performing Great. it on a nightly basis. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a pretty quick, easy, simple win, hopefully, for, for Netflix. Um, they'll be happy enough.
0: Yeah. Probably, there was a couple of little uh, flashback scenes that probably cost them about 1000 so bucks. That was about it. Really. <laughs> Other than that, it's... Uh, barely. Uh, yeah, they were... Yeah. Barely, yeah. 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 Um, Rotten Tomatoes, our last one. The the critics, not big fans, 46%. That's on 26 reviews, so that's sits at Rotten. Audience, a little bit higher, 50%, so sort of that middle way um, marker, but 250 ratings more than that. So that's a fair few people for Rotten Tomatoes um, that sometimes we don't often see from the audience getting on there to give it a crack. So interesting. All right, early thoughts. What are your Hi. early thoughts? I've been hanging yes. out, I've been hanging out.
1: You've, you've already tried to put words into my mouth, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, I thought it was all right. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, I generally like dialogue-led stories, as, as you would know from our many movie discussions. I don't think this one entirely nailed it. I, I, it's one thing trying to sort of gain meaning and, and proposed ideals over this interaction between two people, but it's a whole other thing watching and strange couple bicker for 20 minutes, Uh, like different enjoyable levels. You take different things out of it, but I can see how this would work well as a play. I, I think there was, I think it was lacking the emotional connection though. I felt like everything was there on the surface. We're discussing these really deep point issues about a topic that really impacts us. I never really felt anyone went deep enough into their characters to really bring that out. Kerry Washington, maybe, but, but whether she didn't have anyone to bounce off, or she was just a little bit off the mark, maybe over dramatising it, I don't know. But it just it just didn't quite hit the emotional mark that it probably should have, to be honest. Um, so that's,
0: that's kind of where I sit with it. Yeah, uh, I'm just um, we're going to be very similar in, on our thoughts on this one, I think, which is <laughs> going to disappoint me. I was hoping we were going to have a bit of a, a discussion. Um, I, I like this. I did I did like it, but I probably wanted to enjoy it more. Uh, then I did, I guess, because like we've already mentioned, it was pretty obvious, like really early on, that this was a stage show. Um, and I think Boy, it was, alert, really- by
1: the way, just in case you're not going to do it, I'm not sure what you're going to say, but let's do a spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> spoiler so, if alert. you haven't seen it,
1: if you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil it very soon. Jesse probably won't spoil it right now, but I just worried when you, I thought you're going to go to the ending then. <laughs> so, um, Good. we're going to spoil it. So, stop listening if you haven't seen it and you don't want it ruined. Um, uh, watch it and then come back, listen to us and we can have a good chat about it.
0: Good. Good little pull up because no, I'm not going to, but I, th- I think it would have worked <laughs> well as a stage <laughs> It would have worked well as a stage show. There's no, no issues in that at all. I think if you're in a small little um, theater on Broadway, this would have worked well. Uh, but oh, I think similar to what you said, I, I really struggle to empathize with any of the characters because mm. I don't necessarily think they're characters. They're, they're, they're lots, of, it's lots of, it's just like a dialogue heavy backwards and mm. forwards of opinions. And, but maybe that's the point. And the idea is maybe no one can win these situations and everyone's just as bad as each other without being able to, to come together on this. So uh, I think it gives us a bit to talk about at least. I think that is the
1: point, what you said. I don't think that excuses the fact that it felt like it was just words on a paper and no one really got that deep with it, which I'm not, I'm not a huge fear to go to be able to critique that side of things. I probably try and go once a year the theater but maybe you can get away with that a little bit more that that i think maybe when you've got all these close-ups and you're digging into the facial expressions of characters a little bit more that you can get found out if you're not really bringing the bringing the emotion bringing the energy i don't know but something was
0: lacking there for me yep i think uh it's all valid all right let's talk about some characters and as we mentioned at the start, really like as this is a based on a stage show, there's there's really not a, a lot um, of people in this situation, and their interactions are all uh, at various lengths. So I don't know how you're going to address this, but I'm interested.
1: Well, there's four, there's four characters. We we genuinely don't see anything more than four characters, and, and two of them we don't see much of. But Kendra, played by Kerry Washington, she's uh, I would say she's in the entire film. I don't think. There is a scene without her. that's um, not a flashback or something. We're, we're picking Kendra up at a very emotional stage of her life uh, in this moment. Not only is she literally concerned with her son's well-being in that moment, she's dealing with separation from her husband, her son entering into adulthood and, and figuring out his place in the world and, and dealing with her son who's starting to recognise uh, that racism in his life has kind of existed in his mum's life for this whole time and he's been shielded from it for so long and something about that is all just bubbling up at once so this this is where we're picking her up at that at that point it's all kind of come to the surface you know throughout this this uh, i guess interaction or this this hour or two that we see her she's kind of almost understanding what it all means all the things that they've tried to shelter their son from and why they've tried to do it and whether that was the right thing and why it's all happening now she's also discovering in this moment, maybe not discovering, but she knows now that her husband doesn't understand that side of things. And she's kind of at her wits ends at trying to pretend that everything's okay. Um, and that leads to some really interesting conversations and topics about, about race and about the way people are perceived and about the hardships that they go through and about how someone who hasn't walked in those shoes simply can't understand that. And uh, this is just like, <laughs> a whole world of, of hardship coming in the space of an hour, hour and a half, two hours for Kendra. It's all hitting her at once and, and ends in a big climax with
0: everything just smashing over six in the end. And that's a cricket analogy for anyone listening outside Australia that um, <laughs> you want to hit the ball over the boundary. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's very hard to add anything further. I think as a character, and like I sort of mentioned before, it's it hard to talk of these these um these interactions with characters more so what they stand for in society, I guess. And I found it hard because you're meant to be on her side. Like she's like you mentioned, she's in every single scene. You're meant to be on her side. You're meant to feel the the pain that she's feeling, not only as a mother, or like as a parent of not knowing where your child is. And that, and that's sort of where it starts off with that you know mm. she is distressed because her son, who's usually follows the rules, does the right thing. This is, this is out of the ordinary for him. So you're meant to be on her side for that, but her interactions with everyone almost comes across as like, she's too righteous and maybe a little mm-hmm. bit arrogant at times too. And and you want to be on her side and it makes it really hard to, to do that when she's so blatant in, the words that she's using which is 100 percent purposeful and 100 on on track with what you want to get out of this film or this this production because that, that's what you want to hear you want to hear these these differing opinions and different mm. um relationships people have depending on their backgrounds and their cultures and i think the idea of her being a psychology professor as well i don't know that that added anything other than to give her more um room Class. to be more arrogant yeah like yeah so, yeah, I, I think without this sh- perform, like the performance is, is pretty decent, but I think as we mentioned, too, it's probably, she didn't really change it much from if you're on the stage where you're yelling, you're screaming. So the person sitting in the back row can hear what you're saying. Whereas you've got to t- maybe tone it down a little bit for a, a film yeah. version, like you mentioned, because the camera is a lot closer. You're not you're not trying to perform for someone who's sitting, you know, 20 meters away from you. So I, th- I think it's a really important character. I think the dialogue at times is really important, but at, at times as well, her... Um, her ability to do it in a meaningful way to get people on side is missing which makes it hard yeah I I think she does over dramatize it at
1: times but I I do think it's also pertinent what you say about I don't I don't think she is I know where she's a main protagonist but I I don't think she is necessarily supposed to be liked because I think every single one of these four characters has flaws that make it really hard to connect with any of them but I also think that's part of the the line that this this stuff that we're going through is is complicated. There's no one person who's right. And it's Kendra who kind of takes that high ground throughout this entire performance. And then when Lieutenant Stokes comes in in the end, he kind of knocks her off her pedestal a little bit. Like, yeah, you might think you understand this side of things, but you don't understand this side of things. And that's, that's almost the whole thing the whole vibe of this film is that, and this is the thing I took out of it the most is that this stuff is complicated. It's not black and white. It's not, (laughs) no pun intended. It's not Mm. black and white. Um, And that's the thing that they get out of it. And I think if you made her this perfect mother who was just doing everything that you would do in that situation the whole time, then it makes it a little bit more, this is my view on it. And this is who's right and who's wrong. And I don't think they wanted that because I found it hard work when she did things. I'm like, just, don't, you're yeah. not going to get a response
0: by acting that way. But that's what they wanted to do. I think that's yeah, hundred percent perfect explanation of, of the film really, because that's, that's what it is. And that's, I sort of mentioned that before. I think that not one person in this situation is right. And that's, that's what we sort of need mm. to think about in, in, in real life situations too.
1: <clears throat> so big Scott, Scott Connor, the dad, strange old character for me runs, runs really hot. He has a really short fuse. <laughs> There were times when he obviously frustrated me with his i guess tasteless irrationality on some things and others where i felt like he was genuinely trying to understand and be respectful this is a man who you know works for the fbi he's a smart guy he's worked himself up and sometimes i'm like oh yeah i can see how you've done that you're trying to view it from another point of view and then every now and then he just flicks a switch and Uh, or he says something where I'm like, where's, like, he says at one point talking about Jamal, he says, "My, my job is done as he's like, he did this, he went to this school, he did this, he's graduating here, he's going there, my job is done. I'm like, I don't think even you actually view your job as a father like that. Like, I don't believe that that's what he actually thinks. And that's maybe when he just gets heated up, he says it, you know, or is it just that pompous, outdated male bravado thing coming through, which, which he obviously has quite a lot of that as well. But I found him really hard work because there were times when I'm like, I think, I think I'm agreeing with you and I like what you're saying. And sometimes I'm like, I just couldn't disagree with you more. And it's, it's a really tricky character to try and wrap
0: your head around. Yeah, I, I, I find it hard to believe that there is anyone in the world that would actually speak the way he speaks. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that that's, ties in with what you're saying as well. that. I think there is good intentions in him as well. Like they make little comments about he's still helping out with the dialysis for the mother in law yeah. And, but then at the same time, especially with like talking about, um, about Jamali's son, like, it, it, it's like he, he, it's his prodigy. And they make mention about, you know, you, you didn't follow your dream. So you, you got me, you, you just don't want him to follow his, you're, you're living mm-hmm. a, the life through him and all sorts of things. And I, I just, I think that, and it's really, I think you've done an excellent job talking about him because I find the idea of him being white, him being a member of the force or like a, a law enforcer, um, mm-hmm. he's left, he's sleeping around with someone who's white, who's the opposite race to his ex-wife. It's like they tried to incorporate every one of the themes in this film through this one character, which makes it yeah. hard that it's like almost dumped a little bit through as well. That's true.
1: But then there's moments when uh, Kendra is trying to explain what Jamal is going through from a racial perspective. And he's like, okay, explain it to me. Cause I really want to understand. I'm, I'm believing him in this moment. Cause mm. this is a guy who's got to where he is by trying to improve himself. And, and then I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm on board with you for a little bit. Cause you're trying and I know you run hot a little bit, but I, I guess you just, but then sometimes he does
0: other things and it was just, it was tough. Yep. I agree. All right. Talk about
1: Paul Larkin. Paul Larkin, played by Jeremy Jordan. Um, So He was the cop. I think for me, he's the example of this normalized casual racism that we see day in, day out. On the whole, this guy tries really hard to defuse the situation and, and play by the book while still trying to recognize... Kendra's unease. I think he truly does. When he says, like, I understand what you're going through, I think he, he knows what she's trying to go through. And in all honesty, he doesn't really have much information available to him. He's not really holding back on her. But his racial stereotyping is, is the kicker for this. Like, this is a guy who wouldn't identify as being a racist himself. And he comes off as a, generally a nice guy, nice family, I'm sure, but albeit a little careless in his interactions. And he's making these subconscious decisions on people based on their skin colour. And it's it's as simple as that. He doesn't really mean anything by it, but when he's trying to get a profile of who Jamal is, he's being racist. And yeah. and I think that's that's really well captured. And I think that point coming across in the film is, and this is probably something that we've learned as a society in the past 10 years, is that, that casual racism is, is so prominent and you don't want kids growing up in a world where that sort of thing is... Part of what they think and who they are, and so many people wouldn't think of themselves as being a racist person, and yet they would be making these little decisions in their own mind about what they think, and all of a sudden they're being a little bit racist, and that's that changes, and we want we we got to get that change, and I think he's an example of that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think the the idea that you mentioned, like he wouldn't see himself as racist, and this is where there's so much, um, you know, people need to understand and work out that their words may not be racist to them, but it's how it's interpreted by someone else or how it's seen by someone else. And if someone else is able to say, Hey, what you're saying is offending me or what you're saying is inappropriate or it's, or it's racist, then it is. So yeah. it's not necessarily that you're intending it by saying it. It's just like you mentioned the, the way that um, people have been brought up or the way that they've, they've acted in the past, these things need to change and, the the idea of him following the book. And I don't think it's necessarily just him based on his preconceived ideas on race as well, but it's a little bit about gender too. And the way that he Man. interacts with Kendra compared to when he, when Scott walks in and the, the way he's more open and he's, you know, more willing to talk and, and speak in a, a much nicer tone, just these little things is a complete, um, yeah. Like you mentioned the idea that this guy follows those, those preconceived ideas that, um of how to act or how he thinks he should be acting in these situations
1: it's a funny thing though because i can't actually imagine living in a world without people making these snap judgments based on race rightly wrongly negatively positively whatever it is i can't imagine it and i don't know if that's just because that's the world we've grown up in and is it possible that the next generation and the generation after that can grow up in a world where it legitimately the color of someone's skin doesn't mean anything i don't know May- but like, I think what we're trying to do is educate people to make to let's see if that can happen. But let's see if we can get to a point. And I'm saying like, even positively talking about someone's skin color. Like, I'm not saying it has to be negative, but it just it would just be very nice to see that change. And I don't like it's it's an enormous global change. But this this situation is um, it's so
0: common. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. You know, the, you meet if you go on a trip overseas and you meet people from other countries. Like you, you try to think of something common, common that you have in common. So, like you see an Italian, you're an a guy, oh, you're like soccer or football. Like you see an Indian dude, oh, you, you must like cricket. You know, they, they, yeah. these these aren't things that you're purposely trying to be offensive or anything. But it's just like oh, there's there's a commonality that I've got, but I am stereotyping you through that trying to connect. Yeah. Which there's got to be a different way to do it.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Look, we got one more character, Lieutenant yeah. John Stokes. I have got some big thoughts on him, which I didn't realize i had at the time i think it's more on reflection um because we probably see a side of the dice that neither kendra or scott has explored and we obviously have probably like 45 minutes of this film kendra and scott discussing big topics but the the stigma with race is is also a similar stigma with with police Um, uh, if the argument for racism comes down to a minority of people in a certain race doing the wrong thing and then the entire race being painted with that same brush well, the same thing is is going on with the police, you know, the, the idea of shoot the cops and then all the riots about police, you know, there are some police who have done the wrong thing, but is it fair to assume that they're all doing it? And and that's exactly the same complaint as racism. If, if a black person robs a store or steals a car, does that mean all black people are thieves? Similarly, if a policeman kills an innocent black man, does that mean all policemen are racist killers? And I think this has been a huge topic around the world particularly particularly in america um and these two parties have been a loggerheads with each other and it's it's a deliberate decision to make this cop a black man he's kind of got his foot in two i guess negatively um negatively explored groups and he's basically seeing it from a cop perspective more than anything else and, and explaining it to Kendra, it's like you might think that this is what's happening but don't don't get me wrong this is happening as well and your son uh, you know, putting fire on the issue with his bumper sticker, and I just I think that's a really interesting. I <clears throat> mean, that's a really interesting topic to explore on this, on the back of racism, um, and I, it takes me back to this this footage. Um, you know, last year when all those riots were happening in America with um, with black people and, and the policemen, I remember seeing some footage of a of a black man going up at a riot and hugging a policeman and all the black people there were were basically booing this guy. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And and his response was what this guy do to me, you know, how are we going to solve any of this? If we just respond hate with hate and and not recognize that there's people doing the wrong thing, but the majority are doing the right thing. And if we can try and appreciate the people doing the right thing, and then we can try and solve this the right way. And I don't know if this movie explores that as well as it was just a theme that I had in my head that was brought up again, um, but I think it's a really powerful thing, these two groups, the, the Black people suffering racism and the policemen, obviously having people watching them like a hawk for doing the wrong thing. They're really big big social issues at the moment. And I kind of enjoy that they brought this in um,
0: to the story as well. I really like that take because um, I really struggled once he entered the, the, the screen. Um, I, I also whether... thought he lacked
1: human connection. And that's mm. that's just a personal thing for that character. But I think the, the, the issue that he brought up was was wider.
0: Yeah, I, I I think you discussed the the issues that he brought up excellently, and I think you've banged right where I was going to go with that. His inability to just show one um one connecting ability with Kendra would have made it more bearable, I think. Just one little line or one little thing of like rather than using the word sister and, and her being offended by it, like be like, I'm here for your sister or something like that, that, that showed some mm. sort of connection with them because as you mentioned, he's purposely a, a black cop. So you want to see that, you know, and I completely understand where they're going with the ideas of so this, just some sort of connection between the two would have added a little bit more context, or a little bit more emphasis to the idea that he brought to the table. Um, yeah, because a lot of the a lot of the stuff he was saying to Kendra really annoyed me watching it. I was like, yeah. this this is a woman who's down and out. She's already had to go through the bureaucracy of the secretary, go through Larkin, deal with the issue with her husband. I just needed some sort of um, spark in her eyes to say, hey, someone's on my side a little bit and then he can go full, full belt with her if he needed to.
1: He did yield too much power, which kind of perpetrated the, the issue of yeah. of, of- good cops, bad cops, things like that. Yeah. But, and his thing is like, yeah, like black people are uh, getting mad at cops, but you know what? No We're trying to talk about how we protect the black people who's protecting the, the, the good cops kind of thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't like him, but I guess if if we had liked him,
0: then that would go against the fact that every one of these characters is, is flawed in some way. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm just going to briefly mention Jamal. I know we don't meet Jamal, but I, th- I think <laughs> it needs to be touched on just for the idea that through his character we do get to learn a lot more about um in particular the relationship between Kendra and Scott I guess and, and the idea that you know he's that one grounding point that you know they agree on like everything else in their relationship there's very little that they agree on whereas they agree that they've brought something special into the world and and the idea of why um Jamal's going through this identity crisis because of this split up because of the dad leaving and and you know, they, they have little touches on on his life as well and, and his issues in having to deal with these same themes and ideas of being at a school and being the only um, black kid at the school. And, he, you know, that idea of how much pressure puts a young person on being the face of that whole race and and the tricky situations that that can, can bring as well. So even though we didn't meet him, he still added quite a bit to the context of, of the story.
1: Yeah, I had, a, I had a bit to say about Jamal uh, more in the theme section, but it's relevant to bring up here. I think... Yeah. The idea that, firstly, this this movie or this play and whatever it is, is called American Son, mm. and the American son is Jamal, the fact that they make this boy half white and half black, it makes the conversation more accessible, more so to a white audience, because I think it's a very accessible conversation to a black audience anyway, the idea that, you know, that, that could be my son. I, I, as, a, as a white man, I could have a half-black son. Um, and it, it makes you recognise that these stigmas that we're talking about in the, in the story affect everybody. And it, 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 even if you sort of can feel separated to a lot of these movies that talk about racism and go, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really affect me and I'm not racist, I'm not the problem anyway. This is a way that it kind of draws everyone in and go, firstly, it can affect everybody and secondly, Make sure you do listen because this is important to talk about. And they do it well by making Jamal a mixed kid.
0: Hmm.
1: Excellent. Um, the director,
0: Kenny Leon. What, what interesting story. Kenny Leon.
1: Well, to be honest, well, I don't know Kenny Leon, but I, I have basically ripped his IMDB biography mm-hmm. off here because it is interesting. He's a, a Tony Award winning Broadway and he's a film director. Uh, his Broadway credits include... The Revival of Children of a Lesser God. The Tupac musical Holler, if you hear me. Raisin in the Sun, starring Denzel Washington. That's kind of cool. The Mountaintop, starring Samuel L. Jackson. Angela Bassett. um, Stick Fly, produced by Alicia Keys. Like, look at all this stuff that he's done. He also, I'm sure, yeah, he did some television works for Hairspray Live and The Wiz Live on NBC. But I wonder if that was um, filming of the live stage show as well. So he's also directed a little bit of TV. Six episodes of Dynasty, which I remember my wife used to watch. That it looked, it looked truly horrible. <laughs> Dynasty.
0: I, I uh, did, when that uh, revival came on, I did stick with it for about a season. Um, it was it was horrible TV, but it was just uh, intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, he's good on Kenny Leon. He's 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 great. Yeah, and I th- like you mentioned, the Hairspray Live and the Wiz Live, those they were, they were pretty popular for a couple of years there. So you can see why a, a project like this could translate well for him on the screen as well. And I think he did an episode of the, the Gossip Girl revival, the new Gossip Girl um, series as well. So you catching up a little bit. Yes, so I think a couple <clears throat> I'm pretty sure there's a few episodes out. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah I yeah, haven't, haven't watched it either. Um, another one that I no, probably no. watched the first season of, and that was about it, of the original. <laughs> XO, XO, All right, let's talk about some scenes. What are some scenes that you liked? Oh, well, I mean, it's really all one scene. This whole, this whole thing, one scene, really. So what are some moments good of this, point. Uh, some bits, this interaction? Some yeah. bits that I like. Yeah, I, I
1: liked the rain. I have to say that first and foremost. I think definitely it set up that there was something foreboding about it, but it also added a layer of danger knowing that the sun was out there and that feeling of being trapped and hopeless and... Making it really hard to find what you're looking for, and and having that vision obscured. I think the rain was actually captured really well. I know it's such a cliche in these sorts of things, but it did feel like she was trapped in there in some capacity. So that worked well. So laughing at me,
0: <laughs> uh, I've, 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 it's funny because I've got this in like my takeaways for like later on, where I'm just like, yeah. oh, you love <laughs> touching like on the water, rain, yeah. rain, rainstorm. Will <laughs> be any clearer that some bad things are happening? Anyway, <laughs> um,
1: I like. I liked when Kendra was explaining her fears of having a black son and, and how her husband just can't understand that. And as much as you try and articulate it, you can't. And that's, and that's the idea of it being, it's, this is such a complicated issue. Like We're not trying to make sure every single person agrees with what we say. We're just going to tell you how we feel and why we feel that way. And hopefully you can understand as much as possible. You're never going to understand it fully. Um, it was well captured. <coughs> I enjoyed, pardon me. <coughs> I enjoy parts of the dialogue, um, the bits when you, you want to agree with them, but then something doesn't quite fit, so you reassess. And I think that's, that's what you want to get out of a dialogue-led um, story. It doesn't have to be just like, yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. It's like, I really agree with that. And then there's a rebuttal and you're like, mm, that's a really good point too. And that's why, you know, this thing is that, that like, the complication is so compelling in this story. And the, they did that from time to time. It hit really well. Uh, and then the finale, you know, it really does hit like a slap in the face. And I think this story 100% needed it um, as much as you don't like seeing people die. <laughs> but I think the story would have just petered out if it was just like, oh, and here he is. Yeah, he put his hands in the car and nothing happened and it was all done. But geez, we learned some stuff in this conversation, didn't we? No, like this was, it felt, I think it's nice that it felt so safe the whole time. It wasn't until probably near the back, third of the film but I thought maybe something's actually maybe he's dead Uh, I kind of started to think maybe he's dead and I thought you know what if he's not dead I'm going to be disappointed because we needed this this conversation to lead somewhere where it's not just going to be forgotten about and everything that we've talked about has has actually meant something because we were trying to dissect what Jamal's going through and hell we we were right on the money with it and all of a sudden, he's not around anymore. And, and maybe we do need to take more out of these conversations as opposed to just being like, oh, hey, he came out and we did. We went and had breakfast at the diner around the, around the corner and nothing came
0: by. So it actually felt stronger by, by killing him in the end. Good. I like that. Um, I, I think I liked um, the conversation between Kendra and Larkin where you know she was asking if he had kids too. And you know very specific with, do you have any black kids, any black sons, highlighting that, The idea of you know the difference the differences between them you know he's got white daughters that are probably at home fast asleep in the bed and like you mentioned it's a dark stormy night and she doesn't know where her son is and that's why we're getting that overreaction from her or that um you know almost craziness of of everything or anything that's said she bites back um yeah the, this I thought this was really funny and really well done when we first see Scott walk in and, and Larkin assumes yeah. that it's Lieutenant Stokes. I thought that was, you know, he starts blabbing all the information to him yeah. and talking about Kendra being a, you know out-of-control bitch and went from zero to <laughs> ghetto. I just thought that was really funny and, and just highlighting those differences between his ability to share information with a white um, a white cop. Male. Once he finds out yeah. they have male as well. Um, so I thought that was good. Um, and then the, just little, like like you mentioned, there's heaps of, of these discussions between the two where there's moments you pick up and go, that's a really good point. And um, I think the one part that sort of just highlighted the difference between this couple is when Scott asks for his coffee and he wants a black coffee and, and Kendra just says, you know, oh, well, and sort of walks off. And I just thought that was a great understanding of their relationship and where it was at.
1: Yeah, that was a bit on the yeah. nose for me.
0: <laughs> yeah cool. No, well let, let's give us some yeah. things no, about- but I did, look it wasn't yeah. a bad
1: scene it wasn't no, I it just like it. I was like, yeah. what um, are some things that you didn't like not a hate like I, there parts of hearing a couple just constantly disagree and bicker about their relationship i thought was tiresome and it was overdone when they got into the the media issues it was it was really good but there was too much time then talking about like i don't like you speaking with that certain language we've spoken about and like I just I wasn't I wasn't there to see that kind of movie and I think they did too much of it because it just didn't work and it wasn't important um, and the only other thing that I didn't like was the the escalation of Scott being arrested I don't know if that was just to have I mean I think it probably was just to have Kendra and lieutenant Stokes in the room together for a little bit to have that interaction but that whole escalation scene didn't work for me especially because Scott I know they just saw the video but Scott was better than that. Like, I know he, he had a short temper, but he knew the ramifications of what he was going to do. And that, that force was never going to get him anywhere. And it just felt like a stupid decision for the
0: sake of a stupid decision. Yeah. And I, th- I think the idea of him, you know, like, obviously it's a stage show. So you got him off stage for a moment. And then to come back in and just be like, Oh, you know, they've released me on bail or whatever. I like, yeah, who- it was pretty, <laughs> who- who's paid the bail. Who's got you out. Where's all the paperwork. It's like, yeah, all, all a little bit too quick and too convenient. I had to get him off stage somehow. Didn't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the The fountain down the hall, the, like the the two segregated drinking taps with the plaque, I just thought that was a little bit too much. Gosh, um, yeah, yeah I, with the amount of dialogue and other things that were discussed, I don't know that we needed that as well. We we sort of got the gist of what was going on. Yeah. Um, Good point. The a lot of the things that we've spoken about too with Scott talking about the way he talks about Jamal as a, like as a father about spending so much money to send him to school and he's like he said, I won't let him regress. No one says that. And I sort of mentioned that before in the character. They're they're just not, you know, be human. Show some human elements and be like, I can't let all this hard work go to waste on my son. Don't like, it just makes it more personable, I guess. Um, He treated him like a project, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Rather than his own son. Uh, Lieutenant Stokes, just the attitude in his scenes, just really, I I just couldn't really deal with that towards the end when we'd already had such long lengthy discussions and dialogue between the couple that it mm, just sort of back that no on reprise. the end sort of yeah. Um and the final scene I like, it completely got me too. Like I I felt really emotional with the 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 revelation um from Stokes to the family. But I think the the reactions from both parents as the camera fades off to outside just missed the mark completely. Uh, I I just thought that on a, on a stage they probably work well but to me no it, I agree. just missed the mark. Just the you need something emotional to show not some screaming um, scott's yeah.
1: reaction was was so wooden um mm. yeah yeah and i thought i do think kerry washington over dramatized so much of this just to try and make it work mm. and i didn't feel it but you know you're definitely right with that i'm doing the, the story side of killing him off was good but that that was that yeah
0: that yep. was a pretty bad taste Good. All right. What are some themes and ideas? We've touched on most of these already, but are, are there any further thoughts?
1: Well, it's kind of yeah. It's kind of been hard not to talk about them. I mean, that idea of not understanding where everyone else is coming from, whether it's race, whether it's police violence, whether it's just general prejudice. I mean, it's a, it's a strong theme in any kind of film. Yeah, it's it's such a nice message to say. You, you can never actually truly understand where someone's coming from until you've walked in their shoes, and I think they definitely do it here. They go a lot deeper into those two issues, but we've sort of spoken about that one enough. And I think the big, the big thing that I take out of this is that these matters that we've talked about, they're so damn complicated. And I guess that's why something like racism, there's no solve for how we can deal with racism, because it is so complicated. The idea that, hey, we did the wrong thing, we're going to apologize, and we're going to try and make it better. That's not the answer sometimes. Um and, and the idea that we, we sort of want to treat people a certain way, so not everyone wants to be treated a certain, like it's there's no right or wrong for this. And I think what you do learn out of it is to just try and be res- as respectful as you possibly can and, and recognize that you're never going to truly understand uh, how they feel about a certain thing.
0: Yep. Pop on the same things there. And that was through Larkin, that idea of understanding, I guess. And he said it over and over again. I understand. And, and you can't understand there's there's situations where you can say pretend that you're in someone's shoes but just like scott can't truly understand his own son Mm. um you know that's why kendra is so scared of this world uh, that it might hurt her son because there are people that aren't ever going to have to experience the things that they've experienced and you know that that leads into like who is jamal trying to be and he's got these conflicting backgrounds these these different parents of different races that that lead to who do i want to identify as and um and then the idea too i guess a little bit with the the patriarchy the, the men rule this world really the, these four characters three men kendra is often left out and it leads mm. into that that um police inadequacies too not just the the ideas but you've got the three males in this are all a part of the law enforcement and none of them seem like real people. So, you know, at the same mm. time, is this sort of having a little bit of a whack on the police as well and, and leading to that idea of, you know, maybe we need to change the system or look at a different way of doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a
1: good point. There's definitely that explored to some extent. I don't think it's a full whack for police, no. but I think there's highlighting some issues with it. Issues. Yeah. It's a pretty uh, messed up system. Mm. Like, I guess in a sense, they're not giving him information because there's people that have just been shot there. And there's probably some formalities and a report written up. I genuinely like Larkin did not know that the whole time. He had no idea no. that their son was dead. Like, and no.
0: so. True. All right. And well, neither did Stokes you... when Stokes first walked in either. Yeah, he hadn't seen the video. Yep. Um, yeah. No, he hadn't, he right, hadn't well, seen the report. The report. What did you take away from this one?
1: Um. Like, I took a lot away, and I think most of it was spoken about, but <clears throat> I think the, the irony of this film is that every single one of these four characters acted poorly at some point they were flawed characters they were pretty they weren't great people in general and I think a lot of them would have loved to have had their time again the way that they they attack a certain situation that they were in but the irony of all this stuff that went on is that none of it would have changed the result throughout this entire film Jamal was dead and the reason that they were all there was to find out about the well-being of their son and they went through all this turmoil with each other, learning things about each other, uh, threatening each other, talking down to each other, but none of it mattered because the thing that they were there for um, w- w- was never there in the first place. And I find that quite ironic and, and almost a little bit clever, the way that they've made this film, that we put these people in a situation where the one thing that they want was actually never achievable,
0: but let's see how they'll react. Good observation. Um for me, I, I, it's really hard to make a film work just in one location. And at the end of it, I was, I was sort of like, God. "What are some examples?" And I couldn't stop but thinking about the the film we did a long time ago on this podcast, um, the Indian one. Sometimes, where we Sometimes. have that waiting room, um, where there's a whole bunch of people waiting for those blood tests, and just, and I know that it wasn't all necessarily in that one that one wait waiting room, but the idea of a whole bunch of characters being in one room waiting for for some announcement or something to happen. It just really reminded me of that. Um, and We had I, lots of flashbacks just, for that one, didn't we? We did, yeah. There were lots of flashbacks. Yeah. And, and they weren't necessarily all in that waiting room at the one time, but just that, that scene of the, the bunch of people in that waiting room and the, the tension between them just sort of reminded me of this film and, and how a situation like this can be done uh, well as well.
1: Yeah, well, seven años they win. Uh, they oh, they yes. start yeah. outside of it and they leave. They and they, leave. they sorry, they enter their they enter their office. But yeah, yeah. that was all in one location. Yeah. Which I don't know yeah. if you know, but on Letterboxd, that's actually changed to seven years in English. It's actually called oh, really? seven years. I know años means years, but it, <clears throat> um, I I like
0: having seven años there. At Letterboxd. That was um. We were on that early. All right, let's um. Great movie. let uh, Did you go on IMDb at all to look anyone up? I did not. No, I knew Kerry Washington, and I didn't know the others. I, I looked up um Stephen Pasquale who played Scott. Um, just the voice. The voice was like so familiar yeah. because I thought yeah, maybe he'd done some um, animated work, but no, it was a, a bust for me. Nothing that I recognised him from at yeah. all. Yeah,
1: you're right. He does have a familiar voice. It's
0: good, got that sort of tone that's like it sounds like yeah. some sort of character from something. But no, nah, didn't uh, didn't have a hit. All right. Okay. Question, question time. Did you have any questions that you wanted to ask?
1: I yeah I've only got one um how, how are you anticipating that this movie was going to end and I guess I'm probably more talking about Jamal um but I guess in general how how did you because you get to a point in a movie where you're intrigued enough and you're like I sometimes I love a movie where I'm watching it and I'm like I have no idea how this movie is going to end and I love that about a movie and it doesn't mean it's going to end well but um what, what, what were you thinking sort of halfway through the movie well, how do you think this movie was going to end
0: I wasn't even considering what was going to happen because I was so involved in the conversation between Kendra and Scott and more about where their their arguments were going to lead rather than what was the actual outcome and I, I don't know maybe I maybe I got a little bit lost in that they're actually there to to find their son at times because it was more yeah their discussions between each other and and their inadequacies as a couple, as well as um, the, the commentary on race, rather than what was going to actually happen to the son. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't actually think of like I wasn't actually thinking the whole way through. Is, it, is he going to be okay? I think that's what they walk, want. Like yeah. they they do they do make it feel pretty safe about
1: Jamal being in any kind of real danger. And the idea when Steve walks in, he's like, I know he's just in a room there. Can we just talk to him? And there's not really that sense that he's he got killed at any point and even when stokes is saying his speech i mean i i I started to cotton on i back in my mind the whole time like i reckon he could be dead i think this is a way this film could go um but they do a really good job and that's probably to your point Jesse, because they want to keep you in the moment um but also they do want to have that that impact at the end um yeah, but I just think they do such a good job of making it safe. Because you can overdo that and be like, Oh, they're making it so obvious that he's okay that I'm sure he's yeah. dead. But they yeah. don't overdo it. They just kind of just push it to the side and say it's actually not important. What's important is what we're talking about. So let's stay in the moment.
0: Yeah. Good observation. Um how how on earth did like could Kendra and Scott have been a couple? Like they had, <laughs> not, they yes. had a nice they had a nice cute meat, obviously, but or meat cute everybody's <laughs> these days. But how how on earth could they could they have been together for as long as they were?
1: I know. I thought the exact same thing. So these like they've looks like they've separated quite recently, it seems. Yeah. Um uh, Jamal's 18, mm. probably were together married for a couple of years, or let's say together for probably three or four years, years minimum yeah. before having kids. Like, um, I just there's no way these guys seemed
0: like a 20-year married couple. It was it just didn't work. No, good. All right. Um the bumper sticker, like, so I think the line on the bumper sticker that they said, it was shoot cops with your camera phone whenever they make a bust. So it's got that double meaning. It's got that idea mm-hmm. of shoot cops. Mm-hmm. But it's not as bad as like, they're like a sticker that says like, F the police full out or anything like that. So I'm a little bit torn as to the, the discussion around that bumper sticker so much because yes, it's got that, a second connotation to it but it could have been so much worse and so much more emphasis on something
1: i think you need to read that bumper sticker as saying shoot cops and that's it
0: because yeah. okay. that's what anyone yeah.
1: that's the only thing you can really read unless you're standing up close to it okay that's the cool. that's I the like impact that. they wanted to have,
0: have for it. cool good um maybe a visual of it would have you know, yeah, yeah true something would have I, I, yeah i don't know just just reading that out loud to me i'm like it's i'm reading it literally obviously and I know that it's got that meaning, but to me, I just would have had more impact if, yeah, if you yeah. put in like a specific thing, like F the police or kill cops or something like that.
1: It's almost like a clever way of getting around it. Cause when around they say hey, you can't have that on, you're like, "What? Yeah. look what it says. And it's like, fair oh, well idea. like, yeah, but no yeah. one can read yeah. that.
0: Yeah, Fair. I like that.
1: Um, fits, it fits from- Jamal's character. Smart right dude. He, yeah, he's, he's got a thought on it and he's like, but you know what? I'm not going to go all the way. True.
0: Uh, last one. So this is from decided.com. This is a, a line that they put in there about this film. They said, uh, these aren't characters, they're point of views. This isn't drama. It's a checklist of points addressing the most vexatious social problems in America today. Do you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that might be a little bit too damning, but mm. I think that's the issue that you and I kind of had, is that we, we didn't feel like these characters are very three-dimensional. Uh, we felt like these
0: were these were lines of dialogue that were being spoken and and not really felt. I think if you take out the word checklist from that and say it in a different tone to the way I said it, it, it can come across as a positive because it doesn't necessarily have to be about characters. You don't helps it. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps to have characters that you can agree with, but or you can get on board with, but it, it doesn't like or believe. You need to believe, believe. them though. You need that's... To believe. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Good. All right, I think we're ready to bring it all together and
1: come up with a rating up.
0: out of five. So where are you going to fall with this one? This was
1: quite a meaty discussion, which actually is not surprised with. It's, it's, there's a bit there. Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't know if this film entirely works from start to finish, but it, it's compelling and it's poignant and it's thought-provoking and it does have that ability to pull you in from time to time. And I'm, I'm disappointed that the characters are flawed, but it, it did allow us as an audience to ponder these issues without necessarily being spoon-fed and ideal. They're not trying to say what's right and wrong at any given time. And there's, a, there's an array of complicated social issues that are ex- explored and you walk out of this with no real clarity on the best way to handle it. And that's okay because it is complicated. Um, so just keep trying to educate yourself and, and listening to others. And I think for that reason,
0: I'm I'm still gonna give it three stars. Nice, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted, I guess. I've... <laughs> because I was engaged the whole time. It wasn't that, um, you know, I wanted to hear the backwards and forwards of the characters. And, uh, you know, I was, I was hanging on to sort of see where it was going to go, even though I wasn't necessarily worried about Jamal. I was, I was wanted to see where these yeah. characters were going to go. And, and I, but in saying that, I think that the times, the dialogue and uh, the interactions probably needed a little bit of changing for the film adaptation from the stage show. Cause I'm, I'm guessing it's a pretty um, verbatim um, mm-hmm. translation. So uh, and the message it's blunt, and and that's not going to be for everyone. But where else can you really hear and see such clear messages um, mm. that you can just sit there and listen and be like, "Cool, I'm taking this in." So I'm going to I'm giving it a three and a half still. I think so. Okay, good. Yeah, good. Gives a three point two five. Solid. It is Solid.
1: It's so good. Like, how often do you get exposed to this kind of situation where someone is going to spend the better part of an hour? talking about what these issues are for a black person growing up Mm. uh not necessarily in america but anywhere black person growing up and the issues that they have to face and someone's just telling you that and it's like yeah this is actually kind of important to
0: hear (laughs) yeah Mm. imagine yeah imagine if they had put a bit more cash into it and changed it up a little bit it could have been a you know a a huge film yeah i don't think that's what they ever no i think this is going to be a quick (laughs) easy win for them passion project um we're on socials. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Question I just wanted to ask, would you be interested in seeing like a stage version of this? Do you think it, it would be nice to see it in a different form? I think I would prefer to see yeah. this
1: in a stage version. Yeah, I think this lends itself to being a stage play.
0: Exactly. I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a, an Australian adaptation um, in relation to Indigenous um, peoples and their um, relationship with police as well. I reckon that would be a cool little thing to see.
1: That would be wonderful, actually, with the right people behind it to get that messaging mm-hmm. correct because um, it's such a simple premise, right? Like, it's not going to break the bank putting a production like this together. That would be really good.
0: Get an Indigenous crew, cast, creative team on board to, to do this and I think it would be just as impactful. Um, the, the issue would be getting
1: the right audience into watching it. Yeah. The people that would go and see it would probably be the people that don't need to not, not don't need to, but yeah, true. The that ones that, that would be on board for that much. message
0: already. Yeah. true, Very true. Yeah.
1: But anyway, no, that, that doesn't stop the fact that if you do something like that and it becomes a big thing, then it becomes a wider talking point and then everybody wins.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we're back next week. We're switching up a little bit. It's a 2019 film still. Uh, it's the Indian <laughs> Hindi language action heist film. We might have to get Ada back on board. It's called drive. It's directed by Taran Mansukhani. It stars Shushan Singh Raptfoot, Jacqueline Fernandez, Virk Manjeet Virk, Sipana Pavi, Pankaj Tripathi, and Bowman Arani. That's what we've got next week. Definitely a a change of pace from where we are right now. Yeah. So uh, get on board if you're interested in following next week. That's what you can watch on Netflix. Uh, Not the Ryan Gosling drive. It's um, the 2019 (laughs) (laughs) Indian Hindi language film. Oh, wouldn't that be a blast when we come in <laughs> to record? I yeah. thought Gosling was great. <laughs> <laughs> as always, it's uh, it's always nice to talk about a film that we watch. And I think uh, your way you put your thoughts together today were excellent. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, thank you. No, you as well. I don't think it was. I think this is one of those films that you watch and you think about. And for me, I start to write some notes after I've watched it, and they just, the ideas kind of come out. And that's why it's so good that. To have like a film reflection, whether it's like on a podcast like this or just chatting about films with your mates, you start to think about things that you didn't actually think about in the moment, and you, you piece together why it works and why they did a certain thing, and it's it's uh, it's fulfilling. Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, uh, I will see you next
1: week. You certainly will. See you then, mate. Bye.